and welcome to the first episode of Pumps, Pearls, and Politics. We're a perfectly powerful combination of caramel, mocha, and chocolate. Fairs of the Pearls, Walkers, and Pumps. On a womanist foundation. While chatting it up about this life in North Carolina and the world. And always finding the politics in it all. Pumps, Pearls, and Politics will center the power and passion of Black women in North Carolina, not only at the polls, but also in the state's economy. But fret not our savvy, sassy sister diva politicos. We'll also adorn and sprinkle our conversations with a national scene flavor as well. And because we stay elevating your voices, empowering the masses, igniting more of your passions, and engaging your agency. Because ain't nobody gonna tell us what, when, where, how, and why to do it. You can join the conversation. Hey, my savvy political sisters, how are you today? Awesome sauce. Awesome, awesome. We're talking down the ballot today, right? Yes, yes. Are. Yes. Are y'all ready for um are we ready for the election? You know, do we know, do we have our plan? Do we know our candidates? How can people know about their candidates, about their ballot? What what do we need to do to inform the masses about their ballots? I think this but, is, Oh, I think this is the first time this year people really need to take ownership and get on sites like State Board of Education or whatever sites you need to do as opposed to waiting to the day of election, grabbing a ballot from some candidate and going in the polls. This has to be a year where people take ownership of learning who, what, when, and why, and how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Allison, because many people really don't fully understand um, the importance of many of these offices and how they affect their daily lives. And for most people, because they don't know how a particular elected position affects their daily lives, they don't vote for that position, but it has tremendous um, ramifications um, for our communities and our state. And we live in a time and age when the information is freely available online and easy to access. So you can just take a couple of seconds, go to um, ncsve.gov and that is the North Carolina State Board of Elections. Go to the website, voter search, put in your name, your county, and pull up your sample ballot. That's also a good way to check and see if your registration is up to date. Have you been removed? Or is there an issue that you need to resolve? You can get that taken care of way in advance. Pull up your sample ballot, see who's running for what in your location and the options that you have to vote. It can be overwhelming, especially if you're not um, a super voter. You're not there for every election. You're coming out. You've been mad for the last four years. You've been ready since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you've been ready since 2016. <laughs> and, and you've been so focused on certain elections that you might not have realized what was happening on the local level until all of a sudden these four years have been extra rough. I know they have been for a lot of people that I know and that I love. And so that's an opportunity and easy free access you don't have to print it out you can pull it right up on your cell phone or your laptop your tablet and really get down and dirty with who's running for what and you know what's interesting Kathy? i'm embarrassed to say i've never paid this much attention to an entire ballot before this year because sadly i am one of those people that have gone to the polls i mean we all knew who was running probably council state of course federal 
presidential, but I never have taken the time, I'm sad to admit, and I'm sure other people listening, to really get on the State Board of Elections website and find out ahead of time. It's like doing our homework ahead of time. So I encourage everyone to join. And if you haven't, don't be embarrassed and make it the first time. If it is your first time, we need to be getting on that website regularly and learning what we can. So this is a good time to talk about, you know, who we are. So I am Angelicia Simmons. I love politics. I have worked several campaigns. What brings me to this table is because I realize the power and the passion of black women exhibited at the voting booth. I often think many times black women are underrated. We, while we are underrated, we are also undefeated. Um, we will support and carry you to your seat, but oftentimes we don't see where people cheer us on to get in those seats. And so I really wanted to create a platform where black women could get around the table and talk about black women in North Carolina and our power, charge us up to say, no, it's more than voting. You get the seat. Let us help you get in the seat as well. Empower you, encourage you, uplift your voices. And that's why we're here. That's why I'm here. So that's who I am. Hey everybody, my name is Michelle Burton and just like Angelicia, I really am into politics. Um, I have voted, I've been a registered voter since I was 18 years old and I think I pretty much have voted in every election, maybe one, but pretty much every election since I turned 18. Um, how did I really get into politics? Well, my grandparents were very involved with politics in Fayetteville. And so I know I got the bug from there. And also in my role as president of the Durham Association of Educators, a big part of my job is getting people elected to office primarily people who are really pro-public education and I sit on the government relations committee for the North Carolina Association of Educators. So I'm really excited about doing this podcast with these really powerful black women and I get to connect with them and really getting other black women and anybody else in our community understanding why elections matter, why voting matters, and why it's important for us to be politically savvy and understand what these candidates are about and what they really do for us in our local communities and our state. Oh, hello, everybody. I'm Allison Perry. I'm a Durham native, Bull City. It's funny because a lot of people, when you meet people, they go, you're actually from North Carolina. I'm sure you all get it a lot if you're from <laughs> North Carolina. Nowadays, that's kind of what we get. Um, like you all been voting since 18 because our parents taught us how our grandparents and we all have a long history as black people of voting. Um, I worked in Washington, D.C. for 10 years for the Democratic National Committee, Democratic Governors Association, worked inaugural committee. I worked when Clinton was in office. Some people go, who, who is that? You know, nowadays, <laughs> we don't, I mean, Hillary, no, there was a bill before there was a Hillary. Yeah. So I learned a lot about politics, the good, bad, and the ugly. But like you, like you ladies here, I really, really enjoy it. It just affects so much of our everyday life and who we are. If we don't get involved and get engaged, it's, it's really our own fault. Because I know it's cliche, but y'all, so many of our, ancestors can you imagine years let's just go back years and years they couldn't even do what we have an opportunity to do now and we're just taking it for granted so it's like it's in our blood and we have to get out there and really really fight for what's ours now we're not going to tell you on this podcast you know 
who to vote for, but we tell you, it's a shame if you don't vote. And a lot of people set out in 2016 for a variety of reasons. We can't, cannot, cannot, cannot do the same. We have to be out in numbers like ever before. Yes, there's coronavirus. We have to do it safely. We can do it. And if people do want to mail in their ballot, there are ways you can track it. But there is no reason if a person is 18 years or older and has the ability to vote, they should not vote. And that's part of why I'm happy to be on this platform with these beautiful ladies, because we're here to encourage each other and encourage you. It's time. Playtime is over and it's time to do what we need to do. Hey, my name is Kathleen Judd. Um, I want to say my introduction to politics was probably in kindergarten. Um, I was watching commercials. I thought everybody running for office was stupid. And I could do a better job. And uh, <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> five-year-old me was bold and frustrated. Um, <laughs> and ever since then, I've really been paying attention. Um, I'm a womanist theologian. I do a lot of work around what it looks like, what healing looks like among black women, how that's an impact us in a political space. I'm a community organizer and an advocate on behalf of those of the oppressed. Um, so that kind of lets you know the perspective I'm coming from. Like these ladies, I registered to vote on my 18th birthday. I was super excited. It was the first thing I did on my birthday morning was I drove down to the DMV. I got that under 18 taken off my driver's license and registered to vote. So I wanted to be able to, to party and vote. That was what my that was what my 18 year old goals were. Um, and so I'm just excited to be able to share this portion of the journey with you all to prepare. And as stated before, um, we buried my uncle Leon with scars on his arms for when he was arrested and jailed and hosed in Raleigh, North Carolina, fighting for basic human rights um, and some type of access to citizenship. And so for those of us who may know someone directly or may not know someone directly, but understand that no one beats you, hoses you and puts dogs on you to prevent you from doing something if that very action did not matter. And if the fact that you don't, when you engage in that, you are engaging in a very assertive and in your face form of defending yourself by just the very act of voting. This isn't passive. It's not something that sits back. This is direct action in your face in a bold, in a bold way to speak your truth when you show up at the polls. That's right. And so at this moment, I just want to take this time to lift up the spirit of Breonna Taylor um, mm-hmm. and, and all of those dot, dot, dot. Breonna Taylor, dot, dot, right. dot. But especially because it, I think it's been really, really emotionally hard on black women. We see the need, especially to vote for our attorney general and to hold our attorney generals, um, we need to hold them accountable. Um, we see their basic roles, like you were saying, Michelle, that we, we see these people, we don't really know how powerful they really are. But right. we just saw last week how powerful an AG really is because it was just crazy that the only reason why one officer was charged was because it actually went into another apartment, not because Breonna Taylor was lying there dying. And so I really want to lift her spirit up um, here and to know that we will never, never forget her. We'll always remember her. So thank you, ladies. I'm so glad to be at the table with you and to our audience. We're so grateful for you to listen to us. So pull up a chair, grab some coffee, pull your ballot up, and start looking at some of these races. All politics is local. I always have heard that. And, of course, the presidential race is um, important. But the local politics are just as important because it hits us faster. 
So I know before we really got on and started recording, Kathleen and Michelle and Allison, we were talking about county commissioners. Do we really know what county commissioners do? In Wake County, we're in Wake County, most of us. Um, Michelle, you're in Durham County. You're in the Bull City. But yes, do we ma'am. really know <laughs> what county commissioners do and how they affect us? Yeah, well, you know, the county commissioners are powerful because they um, allocate the funding and direct the tax money that we pay in property taxes and, you know, in sales taxes in some instances to support our counties. Um, you know, in here in Durham um, and probably in Wake County, too, um, a good portion of our property tax, I think about 33-34% of it, goes to the public schools. And they fund, you know, they fund the libraries, they fund public health, um, you know, um, social um, workers, um, um, all these things, the sheriff. And so for people to fully grasp that, hey, you know, if the right people on the board of commissioners really will have a major effect and how these services operate and how they're funded. Um, I am always in constant contact with the county commissioners here in Durham because knowing that that money goes towards the schools and making sure they keep up the funding for the buildings because the county commissioners, that money, they decide about capital needs for our school buildings. Um, and so really, it's really imperative that people pay attention to what they do and who they vote for. You know, um, the sheriff's department, you know, they decide, okay, if the sheriff wants more money for um, deputies, right? And if we're spending a lot of money, you know, funding the sheriff's department and they're not doing serving our community in the way that we need them to serve us, if they're over policing up, that's the thing that we need to speak up on. I know a few years ago, um, we voted our sheriff out because of he was um, cooperating with ICE, um, immigration and custom of, um, officials and going into neighborhoods where our immigrant community families live and arresting them and kidnapping them. You know, that's what ICE, mm -hmm. you know, does. So we really have to, they, they have a lot of power, um, a whole lot of power. And that's why it's really important that we pay attention to what um, the Board of County Commissioners are. So definite, definitely you have to make informed decisions there. And I just want to take a second. I just want to say I appreciate the language that you used around what ICE does, the kidnapping, right? Like, let's not soften our language around what they do and how they function when you're legally allowed to come into a space and do the horrible atrocities that they commit. And we try to say it's, it's in the name of law and order. Um, and that has absolutely nothing to do with justice and integrity, right? So I just want to say I appreciate the language that you used around that. Well, you're welcome. But yeah, that's what um, that's what ICE does. And, you know, because this sheriff two years ago was cooperating with them, we we voted him out of office and we voted in a sheriff who said he would not cooperate with ICE. So most definitely. And same thing in, in Oak City, since we talking about, you know, Bull City, got it. Oak City as well, you know. <laughs> Oak City as well. Right, right. That's Raleigh, you know what? right? I have, let me tell you, my uncle That's lived Raleigh, in Southeast right. Raleigh. He was a longtime principal in Wake County. I have much respect for 
Raleigh and Wake County. Hey, I got love for um, Bull City too. Y'all got the best uh, vegan soul food restaurant around. So yeah. I got. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You gotta meet yeah. there one day. Let's go. Let's go. So, so, yes, so here's I gotta the show thing. My love. We're gonna put all of these uh, mentions in our our show notes. So we're gonna have to get that vegan right. soulful restaurant their link so we can make sure we yeah, put that in um the show notes but is uh, you know i feel like i'm just a little nervous about this re- election more so than anything else um because i think that what has what we've seen at the very top has trickled down and um i i just you know i'm just really really nervous about the before even going to the polls the actual voting process and then even the after um, effect and the message it might send. We're always telling people to get out to vote, get out to vote. Um, what happens when there is, or just 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 even talk about the electoral college. I had a, a college student say, "There's no need. My vote doesn't count um, because there are a certain number of people who are really going to cast the final vote for the president. So my vote doesn't count." But then to see how the Russian interference is going on, and we're telling people get out to vote, get out to vote. I'm just really nervous about this this process. Oh, I'm going to vote now. That's no doubt. I'm going to vote. Yes. But I'm right. just, I have to say that I am very, very nervous about it. And I would say you have a right to be. And if we are not nervous any other year, this is not the time to play games. Because one thing we can say about 45, he is very smart and very methodical about once he starts a lie, He keeps it going and going and he stays true to it. And what's happening is we've all been doing absentee ballots for years and vote by mail for years. This is not a new concept. Both parties have been doing it. Heck, he's been voting absentee. But what's happened is he's planted seeds and muddied the water so much. All of a sudden people think this is some nefarious thing that we're all doing. And so now it's getting everybody questioning everybody. So we have to be diligent because there's so many mixed messages so many different rules the rules are changing well we're going to do it this way no we're going to do it that way and i know we said russian bots forget that it's so much stuff on social media that's not accurate you know facebook can say all they want well we're trying to check his facts and twitter check facts but we have to check our own facts and remember he's not going to tell the truth and he's going to get worse and worse between now and election day so as people it's up to us to say we're not going to take this we're going to come out in droves and vote and do everything we can and I understand people say their vote vote doesn't count because of the popular vote, but what choice do we have? Right. You're right. We got to vote. And you know, black women, you know, taking carrying it in and bringing it full circle. Black yeah. women have always voted. I mean, even when it right. looked skeptical, we like right. I said in the introduction, we have carried the party for the most yep. part. Even when the party has given us their behind to kiss, they have not yeah. given us everything that I believe to support Absolutely. us. If we Absolutely. had the money that these other white male candidates get, we could really do a whole lot with it. And we're still faithful to it. So um, even when you're nervous, sisters get out to vote, pull them out the bed, pull your sons out the bed, your husband's out the bed, make sure you get to the poll, vote the whole entire ballot. Kathleen, front you had- Front and back, front and back. We gotta tell back. turn it over. Yeah, right. Turn it over, no, don't forget your count. judges. <laughs> Judges yeah. count, y'all don't. Yeah, judges count. Oh, yeah. yeah, judges are very, very important. Um, there was, and a lot of people don't understand why they're important, um, particularly on the, um, the North Carolina Supreme Court. We know um, Sherry Beasley is running um, for, she's the 
um, chief justice on the North Carolina Supreme Court, and we need her there again. But what people don't realize that there was, I'm going back to my education hat, where we brought forth a lawsuit, the North Carolina Association of Educators, about the opportunity scholarships and vouchers, because we know that a lot of that money goes to religious schools that discriminate against children um, of certain races and things like that. And so we lost it. It was, you know, a split um, by one vote. And, you know, now we know millions and millions and millions of dollars is being diverted to these opportunity scholarships vouchers. And some parents are like, well, you know, I want to be able to send my child to, you know, a school of my choice, private school, what have you. But what people don't understand is vouchers were rooted in segregation and racist systems. Um, many people don't understand that when Brown v. Board was passed, North Carolina tried to pass, use the Pearsall plan to give parents, white parents, vouchers to send their kids to private schools. And so, um, but it was the North Carolina Supreme Court by one vote mm. that we lost that case. So these judges are very, 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 very powerful. They make huge decisions that are life that are long lasting. And we're seeing that like with the US Supreme Court with Trump and Mitch McConnell trying to rush through this nominee yeah, right. to make sure they have the court that they want. So judicial races are very crucial. Right. Yeah, very important. Sometimes we, we need to really take into account the fact that it's not just about you. Right? Like we live in a we live in a place in a system where the community is impacted. So if my community is hurting, then so am I. And if I'm hurting and I'm grieving, then my community hurts and grieves with me. And so even if you say, Well, I don't have any children in the education system right now, there's a child on your street. Right. Like these are the people that are coming up that's gonna come after you. And so when we look at how these races impact our community and it's not just being the individual person. We really need to take that into account when we're deciding how we should vote, what that vote looks like, our plan for voting, and in some cases, whether or not people will. Because even when we talk about the Electoral College, I had this conversation with someone else the other day, and I was like, the overall country popular vote may not impact the Electoral College, but the state popular vote does. Mm -hmm. And so depending on your state, whoever wins the popular vote in that state gets all of their electoral college votes. And that's how it is in North Carolina. So whoever wins the popular vote in North Carolina, they get all of their electoral college votes. In some other states, I believe New York is one, is split. So if one candidate gets 40% of the vote, the other candidate gets 60% of the vote, then the electoral college reflects that, right? And so 60% of the electoral college goes from one candidate and 40% goes to another. Now, if that's what the electoral college looked like that in all states, it will reflect the popular vote. Unfortunately, that's not the case, mm -hmm. right? And so, in, in especially in states like North Carolina, who give all of their electoral votes to whoever wins the popular vote in that state, we literally need every single person out and voting if we want to ensure that the electoral college reflects what we want it to reflect for coming from our state. Because North Carolina is a purple state at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially within the last few elections, which is why um, Duke keeps showing up, right? Like he, he keeps yeah. showing up 
because he's trying to he's trying to sway it his way. That's why we're seeing all the billboards. We just won't sign. say his name, will we? We just will not say his name. We say forty five. Honey, in my dude. tradition, when you call people's name, you give them power. Okay. Okay. Um, we can go. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, <laughs> dude gets no respect over here. He's, he's not a he's not a, he's not someone that's, that y'all can find respectable enough to even say his name. I mean, his behavior is atrocious. Yes, and and, and, and terroristic and. My nervousness around the election comes from my concern. Whichever way it goes, his supporters are going to act the fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they really are. are. They are, and that's are. what he wants. I don't even think he wants the the presidency. At the end of the day, he wants power and control. Right. He wants this constant feeding of his ego, the attention. He wants everything to be on and about him, and he likes to save the control people. And he's really good at it. And he's really good at look it. Look at how he's affected people too. So everybody has taken on that type of petty, mean, evil personality. It's just trickled down. It really has. You can't even see a red hat and be like and brush it off anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you gotta look. Like hold on. Yeah, Dig right. deep. Kind of. It's it's not cool. Because it's the it's an issue of safety now too. You don't know what people are going to do and what they're going to say. You know, before, you know, people had, when I, especially when I work in Washington, it was disagreements. You know, Republicans and Democrats would dis- disagree on the House and the Senate, and then they go eat dinner at night together. And people, you know, now you got families, and, and you can't say things at Thanksgiving dinner, and you can't say things in households. People are up in arms and on edge and divided, and he's done this to us. Mm-hmm. And I 100% agree with you, Kathleen. He's happy to be doing this. You don't want to be president. It is a power thing. Hey, let me just check off this box. And But now that I'm here, I do like this power. And they are scared. These Republicans are scared of him, or I don't know what the adverb. They are. There's something of him, yeah. and he knows it. It's just I've never seen anything like it. I know you ladies haven't either. It's, it's, yeah. it's I think part of it. I think part of it with them is power. Mm-hmm. It's just like they're afraid. They're so afraid of losing their power. Yeah, yeah. And then they see yeah. these people messing behind him yeah. in this very terroristic manner. And how comfortable do you have to be when you can support someone who engages in domestic terrorism on the level that he does, right. and be silent about it because you know it's not going to hit you the same way? So that's yeah, a good no, place. I, that's a good yeah, place go to kind of stop um, <laughs> to move on to our part two um, for our next week episode. Um, this has like been, as you see, this has been like amazing, amazing because we have so many. We didn't even get through the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? Um, but yeah, so um, we're gonna like take a little hiatus right here. I'm gonna cut this out, y'all, um, so we can do our outro. Okay. Oh, yes. I forgot. My bad. My bad. <clears throat> Thank you for the great conversation today, ladies. We'll be back next week with more pumps, pearls, and politics. In the meantime, run down the ballot, check your voting plan, drink water, eat vegetables, get your flu shot, and please don't put sugar in your grits. <laughs> you really have a problem with that sugar in the grits, huh, Kathleen? Yeah, man, you can't get no grits. <laughs> But for real, but for real, in honor of our first episode, we would like to give a gift to a listener. Um, you can get a chance to win a prize. We'll enter you into a drawing. What you have to do is subscribe to Pumps, Pearls, and Politics on either Spotify or iTunes. Follow us. Leave a word of encouragement and other comments in the comment section. And then email us at pumps 
Pearls Politics 5 at gmail.com. That's Pumps Pearls Politics 5 at gmail.com. And then tell a friend. That's all. That's all you have to do. We will draw the names and let you know. We're going to put all of the information in our show notes so you can go to these links. See you next week. Have a great week.